everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Cage Fight Podcast as we near the very end of this day of the week cycle. You know what fucking time it is. Oh, do we ever. Even though it's not Friday, better kick back, relax, because it's motherfucking Fred Durst Friday. <laughs> so kick up those feet, open up a nice refreshing glass hot dog flavored water, get yourself a nice chocolate starfish to munch on, and get ready as we talk about the best fucking Fred Durst shit on Fred Durst Friday. Bye! Yeah! yeah. Wait, something broke? Oh, that makes more sense. Um, it's the it's the semifinals now. It's just yeah, this. We we are in the last round before the finals. How the mm-hmm. fuck did this happen? Uh, we recorded a lot of episodes of Fred Durst Friday. Oopsie Daisy. All right. So first, we're going to be talking about the song "Bleed" off of Soulfly's debut album from 1998. I bleed it out, digging deeper, just to throw it away. <laughs> Uh, yes, and I believe that is exactly the song we're going to be talking about today, uh, because we frankly Chester talked Bennington. about, we frankly Rest talked about peace. the song Bleed, what, one, two, this will be like our fourth time talking yeah, about it. Yeah, I would say it. probably, here we go for the hundredth time, hand grenade pins in it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, this is our third time. <laughs> this is our third time talking about it, because we did the first bracket, then. Yeah, this is yeah, the third, third time. time, and if it wins, um, it will be four, but. But yes, uh, so today I wanted to talk a little bit about now our third time discussing this. What are your opinions about bleed now? Are are you bleeding? Are you bleeding now? Um, I'm a bleeder. I'm a birther. I'm a bleeder. <laughs> I'm, I'm a believer. I bleed American. Uh, I'm I'm a, a Naruto. I'm a believe it er. I'm uh, a believer. Yeah, I'm a believer. I couldn't uh, uh, watch her bleed if I tried. <laughs> wait, wait! I just remembered we're supposed to be singing less on this shit. Or what? We're supposed to be singing uh, less. Uh, and oh yeah, <laughs> no, we're supposed to be singing more. We're better singers. Uh, okay, nah. we okay. get better every uh, episode. But, but I will this gets say, more listenable uh, every time. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Uh, but yeah, what are y'all's opinions about this song now? Any, any changes after the third time we've discussed this? I don't think it's a change that much. I still think this is a pretty solid song, and it, it holds up pretty well as far as a lot of uh, like new metal goes. It's got like a pretty hardcore-ish vibe type thing, sort of. Not quite, but like it's got like a bit of a beat-down heaviness to it. I dig the riff. It's it's cool. Yeah, it's it's um, cool. It's it's weird enough. And also, I forgot to mention because I don't think I ever mentioned this on an episode. It's also got DJ Lethal and Fred Durst on it. Whoa! I didn't know DJ Lethal was. Oh on yeah. It. Was that a, a was that a Tim Allen noise? <laughs> that was not meant to be, but it turned out to be. <laughs> Um, I, I, well, what my thoughts on this song is that I I really like the music. I just don't know why they're doing all the screaming all the time. That's saying I, I don't like screaming in music in general. I think it's very like I just it it's down. just like, too intense and it just kind of scares me. Whatever happened bit. to good old screaming's not good. I like pig squealing yeah. and uh, um, I like scatting shrieking. a lot too. Shrieking. Whatever happened to like Frank Sinatra? Uh, Whatever happened to Frank Zappa? I mean, get uh, the fuck out of here, Dweezil Zappa. Whatever happened to uh, fucking Louis Armstrong? You know what? Yeah, Louis Armstrong. You know, whatever happened to Robot Jones, I think, is the ultimate question we should be asking right now. Uh, uh, yeah. I, whatever happened to Robot Jones does have basically a trans character in it. Whatever happened to so, Robot Mike Jones? I haven't watched it. <laughs> there's an episode of Whatever Happened <laughs> to Robot Jones. Who is Robot Mike Jones? <laughs> there's a there's character. Well, there's an episode of Whatever Happened to Robot Jones where the Robot Jones becomes trans. So 
as a very well, like, there were a lot of gender bit. swappy episodes of a lot of nineties cartoons. Um, you know, take what you can get, Jess. Okay, there's it's also, it also episode... was an early two thousands cartoon show, not a nineties yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also an episode of Robot Jones gets really into trance. Oh, okay. The, yes, like, the dance too. The yes. EDM music. Yeah, but yes, I wanted yeah. to talk about a article about the song "Bleed" that I found on Loudersound.com. Oh, I love when the sound <laughs> is a like, article. A article. Is an article. It's and an also, indefinite uh, article. Also from metal. This <laughs> from uh, English joke. From metal, metal, metal hammer too as well. Okay, so this one is Max Cavalera. How tragedy and heartbreak inspired Soulfly's bleed. Max Cavalera reveals how heartache led to one of Soulfly's greatest anthems. Uh, uh, I think he also led to the video game anthem, right? That was a massive yeah, failure. And the song "The Anthem" by Good Charlotte. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Much better than the national anthem. Whoa! Yeah, I think we're younger. Unless that. we're talking about Radiohead, baby. I will. Uh, to be quite uh, honest, the Radiohead national anthem way better than the American national anthem. I agree, <laughs> objectively. Um, but here we go. Metal has always been a refuge from which you draw strength. Some of our most iconic and powerful moments were birthed from heartbreak, pain, rage, and frustration. No one knew that feeling more than Max Cavalera in 1998 as he prepared to embark on a new journey into music. It was a weird time for me, he tells us today. Uh, it was my first album since leaving Sepultura and the first album after the death of my stepson, uh, Dana, uh, who was killed in a Dana car accident. Carvey? Yeah, Dana Carvey. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's who it was. Uh, now I'm here. the one saying stupid shit. <laughs> I mean, here, uh, Dana, Dana Carvey uh, should have died after doing Trapped in Paradise because it's the worst <laughs> movie of all time. Uh, the first thing hey, I fuck did... you. Man, fuck you. Uh, the first thing I did after that was work with Deftones, who were friends of Dana, which is true because I'm sure as we all know that... Uh, uh, Max Cavalera was on the very last song of uh, Around the Fur. Yeah, and uh, so. Max Cl- Ca- Cavalera um, f- likes to freaking lick around the freaking fur. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were there at his funeral. Oh, I did not know that. Holy shit. Uh, Chino was actually one of the pallbearers. What the fuck? I, okay, sure. Uh, they invited me to sing the song Head Up on Around the Fur, and that is when I came up with the word Soulfly. Soulfly slash Fly High. You're flying high like a butterfly. Uh, I'm so high. It's, it's a I dragonfly. Oh, no. I'm so high. Like I'm a dragonfly. So I can hear. Kevin. Uh, it all just started from there. I put the first Soulfly album together pretty quickly. I had demos like Eye for an Eye and No Hope Equals No Fear. Uh, but while we were in the studio, I felt that I needed to pay more respects to Dana. So I thought of Bleed because that was how we were all feeling. We were all still suffering, still bleeding from his death. Oh, that's why. Oh, that makes a little bit more sense, I think. Mm. Uh, driven by his grief, Max began to compose a song that captured the feelings of his family around him. Uh, a quote from Max Cavalera. It was built on this really cool groove, but it was the lyrics that made it really heavy. Lyrics like, see a mother cry, see a brother cry, which he basically scats through, which it does kind of takes the, like, like emotion from it. Makes it kind of yeah. goofy. Uh, that's the shit that went on around my house. Um, I walk around with it and see Gloria, uh, uh, which is Dana's mom, uh, crying, and I would see the kids crying. It was a fucking rough time, man. I had to put it into the song. Okay, fair enough, Max. Good for you. Uh, Max was also fueled by the circumstances involving Dana's passing. Uh, and then I started thinking about the way that he died, he tells us. I wrote, what goes around comes around. You better realize you kill life, you kill life. Why, why? It was a really pissed off and angry song. I could imagine. After your stepson died, I'd be pretty pissed too. To be fair, he was he really likes his stepsons because he puts them in the live recordings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, then he writes the whole 
Tears from Heaven songs about him and shit. Yeah, exactly. It was enough to push Bleed into the kind of emotional, urgent territory from which great art is made. But there was still something extra special to sprinkle on top of the noise. The addition of Limp Bizkit's Frenters <laughs> and DJ Lethal. Stinky, uh, stinky, no more. <laughs> would, would give the song an added hip-hop swagger. <laughs> Uh, Ross Robinson, uh, who is a, a record producer, worked with Early Corn, had just worked with Limp Bizkit, and he said that he thought they would be a perfect to add something to the breakdown bit at the end. Max continues, DJ Lethal added all the really cool scratch sounds on top, but Fred just wrote the lyrics right there on the spot. Bump, bump. That's also pretty good if that's freestyle, honestly. Um, it was electric. I think it's one of the best things he's ever done. You know, I kind of agree with that. Uh, it might be one of the – it might be the single best thing Fred Durst ever did if you think about it. Oh. Will uh, the bracket say the same? Will the bracket say the same? Tune in! All right. Uh, we were all super excited, especially as the stuff he was saying was uh, was so pissed off. He didn't know Dana, but he really tapped into the message of the song. It was a sad song to do, but it was really angry too. So that was exciting. I think that's why it succeeded so much. That honest anger really spoke to people. Uh, it, it was, says Max, a moment where, uh, he was able to bring himself back from the brink. Six months before I was angry about Dana, angry about Sepultura. I'd been living in a dark room, <laughs> drinking and taking drugs. And I was done with music. My heart was too broken to think about it. I just told everyone to fuck off and that I just wanted to get drunk. If it wasn't for Deftones, I don't know what I would have done. It was uh, tough and hard to make, but it was great catharsis and a great therapy for me. Uh, with Soulfly heading out on a huge tour to rubber stamp Max's redemption, Fred Durst would not be the last person to take on Bleed's rap section. Over time, various metal alumni have filled the role. Oh, shit. We got to find more performances about that. We definitely do. This, oh, my God. This is great. Uh, we've had everyone to do that rap part over the years. He laughs. Chino. Chino Moreno was on live? Oh, shit. <laughs> Ah, okay. Uh, the head PE that. guys, Lynn from Snot, Surge from System of a Down. Oh, what the? Yeah. We need to find that one. Yes, we do. Holy shit! Uh, the guy from Disturbed did it once. Oh, he can't even oh. say David Draymond's name. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't know his name. That rocks. Okay. David uh, um, Russell. But I. Oh, here we go. And we talked about this one on a previous show. But I liked it best when we had Richie, Max Cavalera's stepson, uh, do it. Uh, Which it sounded, was pretty fucking rad. It was pretty cool. It sounded real cool with the little kid voice spitting those angry lyrics. Which I will agree. It, was, it rocked. Uh, it fucking killed. Uh, more than 20 years after its release, it is still a song that both Max and Soulfly uh, fans hold in the highest esteem. I hadn't played it for a while, and we brought it back on tour, he said. Um, and people went crazy for it. I still love to play it. I, I love all of my songs, but Bleed is special to me because of what it means. And because it was a song that showed everyone that I could do this on my own. And I include myself in that. If, the, if that album had failed, I don't think I'd be here to, uh, talking to you right now. It was the first step on the journey to where I am now. And that's the article. That was beautiful. That's honestly a pretty good article. I, I like it a lot. It's very enlightening, and I like the fact they talked about the real stepson energy of the song in general and live performances. Yeah, and they shouted out the stepson, the very stepson. The yeah, I, it's interesting to see them mention the stepson from that random YouTube performance the that we had. No, it, well, I didn't even realize that until I read the article. I'm like, wait, they're talking about the stepson performance? <laughs> Hell yeah, it's dude! Fucking, it is pretty cool. This uh, song should be in the movie Step Brothers. 
or Step Brothers 2. Yeah. I will say, is there anything else to add before we get on to the next contestant in this round of uh, bracket? No, fuck this song. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, fuck this song. Let's go. All right. So now we're going to be talking about All in the Family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add uh, while listening to this uh, song for another third time we've had to? Um, you know, um... just keeps getting better every time it comes around. It's right? really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It uh, it does. It grows on me more every time, actually, unironically, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I've killed enough brain cells at this point that I don't really care. I think the only interesting fact I've ever had about this song, like now, after we've said our piece about it, yeah. is that this was the very first single off of Follow the Leader. Wait, this is really That's released insane. as the first single? Yep. What? Who fucking thought to Why? do that? Yeah. Objectively. How this, is this even a single? This song came out in July and the album came out in August. This was Wait, the very alone. first. This was the very first single. If I got to be totally Bible honest here, how did this even make the cut on the album? And isn't like a B-side. <laughs> this feels like a bonus track. And at, at the very least, not a single at all. And, you know, y'all want a single say fuck that. Yeah, um, y'all want a single. You got to say fuck that. But that is very surprising. Yeah, it's great. I Maybe that's it. like the only song they had mastered at the time. They're like, fuck, we got to promote the album. Well, to be fair, this this album came or the song came out or the single came out. Sorry. One month before the album did. So is wait, when did Follow the Leader come out? Was August 90- of 98. 98. Okay. And, uh, so, so they had just watched A Bug's Life and they L- liked it better than And All in the Family came out in July. Limp Bizkit didn't even have Significant Other yet, had they? No, that Significant Other came out in 99. Yeah. So like. They, so they weren't really capitalizing on star power. Right. Um, to be fair though, Soul, you know, fucking Bleed and All in the Family came out in the same year. Yeah. So yeah, he's riding off the bleed high. <laughs> the high after you start bleeding, are you bleeding? Are you bleeding now? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, you, well, well, hold on. We moved on from that one. I felt yeah, better than me. You know, we've moved on. Okay, we we need to just take our take steps forward to mm-hmm. move on from this. Yeah. Um. But yes. Uh. So. I'm going to be really lazy about it, and I'm just going to read the Wikipedia article for All in the Family. Um, so I already I already said it was the first single released uh, from Follow the Leader. You don't, you uh, don't reveal that you're reading from the Wikipedia. Just cite the sources that Wikipedia No, cites. listen, I'm just going to be okay. fucking lazy. I'm going to read the Wikipedia article. Because I've never done that for any other podcast, by the way, I've been on. Yeah. Um, after the song's released, Jonathan Davis, the director of Ant Bully, I believe, right? Yes. yes. Um, and Jammy Neutron. Yes, and also um, uh, Pajama Neutron. Uh, he, did he, was he in that band Super Drag or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. He, um, he's yeah. been in a lot of styles. A- after the song's release, Ryan Davis styles. said in an interview, <laughs> it's just me and him ragging on each other. Some kids think that Corn and Limp Bizkit hate each other, but hey, why would we be in the same room talking to each other if we really hated each other? Which yeah. is weird. That was a weird thing about like 90s, like pop music is that like every band were like we have a rivalry but it's like they're literally on like the same record label and they hang out with each other so like what the fuck yeah how do, how do you uh get two bands on the same song and think like this is a genuine feud mm-hmm. what the fuck you know that was a th- you know it's really funny and that's kind of reminds me of like the like the boy band trend too because like i mean new metal was basically just like the fucking weird goth kid version of like boy bands if you think about it mm-hmm. and like there was that big like NSYNC's like Backstreet Boys feud. They were literally on the same record label and they had the same fucking like manager. It'd be yeah. funny if. Uh, but I mean, to be fair, there is kind of a feud there possibly between the bands in that the the guy basically. Well, he molested he, them. He, well, yeah. Also, he was like, OK, I found NSYNC, so I'm giving up on the Backstreet Boys now. So well, it, Lou Pearl, there's reason for Lou Pearlman literally molested a couple of them. Uh, it would be oh, really funny God. if uh, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC had a song together where they were like just saying a bunch of homophobic shit to 
each other. <laughs> I don't know. I, dude, okay. If we can get Lance Bass and JC Chazay to do a version of On the Family right now, dude, we need to make this happen. You need Joey Fatone in there. Can we do a cameo for this? Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> let's get all of our Joey Patreon money when we become rich. Um, if if an in sync member cameo is cheaper than Michael Rappaport, I will fucking sue the entire country. <laughs> Same price, Joey uh, Fatone, two hundred dollars, and his bio is "I am the fat one." Mm. Wait, it's really two hundred dollars? Yeah. Oh, shit, we I, are like all fucking cameos two hundred dollars? What the fuck? Okay, okay, but here we go. Um, but really though, they they talk about us hating each other. We don't hate each other. We have total respect. Originally, the song was for "Be Real" of Cypress Hill. Oh, but his record label wouldn't let him uh, be on it. Davis and Durst would often uh, <laughs> offer suggestions for each other's lyrics. A lyric written by Durst as tootin' on your bagpipe was changed to fag pipes by Davis, mm-hmm. who stated, I, I helped him bag on me better. <laughs> and, and 25- like, hey, what if instead of bagpipes, he said fag pipes? That's literally how that happened. Writing hey. uh, credit. In, in 2015, Davis would refer to the song as the dumbest fucking track Korn ever made, mm-hmm. which what is about true. Dropping plates. Um, yes. Uh, attributing the song to the excessive drugs and alcohol consumed during the album's production, which is literally true. I think um, I, I found Jesus. I had this Korn documentary. I think I still have it. But they spent literally twenty five thousand dollars just on beer during the recording of All in the Family. Hell yeah! In nineteen ninety eight dollars, and Hell it was literally like piss water bud beer. Like, could you imagine spending that much on beer just for recording how, an album? Yeah, I don't know how you can actually consume that much beer. Wait, so, how well, much? To be fair, they probably had like, like groupies and crews and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, that makes sense. I remember at one point uh, during the song. Um, oh God, what was the first song on "Follow the Leader"? I'm trying to think of it right now. Um, it's on the. Uh, Jonathan Davis apparently was recording the track, uh, the vocals for the track It's On. And during that, he said there was literally an orgy going on in the studio. <laughs> so Corn Rock, uh, great band. And also, uh, just to end this off, I'm going to talk about some of the, the critical response to All in the Family. Uh, in an otherwise positive review of the album, Rolling Stone wrote about the song, It's too bad Corn can, uh, can go so easily from the potent to the pointless. The very next track, All in the Family, is an MC duel between Davis and Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit. A stomping hip-hop track with a good-natured barrage of insults, except for the word faggot and fairy cracks and lame-o lines like suck my dick, kid, like your daddy did, and you're a fag on a lower level. (laughs) We're going to get canceled for this episode so hard. (laughs) Uh, To Davis and Durst. They may just be harmless schoolyard jiving. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Whoever wrote this review should never review, like, say, the word jiving ever again this person's probably white as shit uh but davis knows words can hurt that was the whole point of faggot from corn's self-titled album and the homosexual slams and all in the family cheapen at least for those five minutes the power integrity of an album otherwise devoted to kicking it uh against cruelty and prejudice honestly i i understand what he's saying because like the whole point of faggot is like you know don't bully people but it's like you're literally just using homophobic slurs every two seconds in a song yeah yeah but they misspell it in the title, so Which it's true. okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, Steve Appleford, uh, uh, I believe, related to uh, Christina Applegate. 
Yeah, um, uh, but he has a different car. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, the Los Angeles Times called the uh, song a duet of cheap insults with Biscuit's Fred Durst that only diminishes one of Korn's strongest albums, which is true. Follow the Leader is definitely one of Korn's strongest albums. And this definitely diminishes it. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, it really does. Uh, it's literally the only – after re-listening to Follow the Leader for probably the 20th time in my entire life last night, yeah, uh, it's the worst song in the album by fucking far. Um and the Winston-Salem Journal wrote, One wonders how Davis could stumble so badly with All in the Family. A scatological song crammed with crude jive and anti-gay jibes that severely undercuts an otherwise potent disc. The Austin American Statesman critic uh, wrote that the song's pulsating rhythms are undermined by countless references to guys' private parts, the F words, P words, and no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I didn't <laughs> the mean God D words. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to channel Ben Shapiro there. Uh, <laughs> faggots and incest. Oh my God, there's so many faggots in here. Jesus Christ. Mm. To be fair, this is. Yeah, all this of us. Is cage fight. <laughs> <laughs> this is cage fight. A lot of faggots here. <laughs> all right. Um, Mike Bohm commenting in the Los Angeles Times attempted to consider uh, the band's motivations in writing the lyrics. Uh, the homophobic epithets, the band might say, were not meant to disparage gays, but rather meaningless street talking jive. Why is the word jive so most frequently used here? I don't know. Uh, by two guys playing the dozens. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Uh, greatly influential on rap, a verbal you combat. You don't playing the dozens? No. They had dude. a whole card game about it. Dude, I don't fucking know rap shit. I mm. suck at rap. I, 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 I my rap cards rule. It's just like yo mama jokes. Oh, <laughs> okay, fair enough, okay. Uh, so, Wilder Valderrama, very, brothers. like, influenced by Wilder Valderrama. Certified. Ra- <laughs> you know Wilder Valderrama? Do you remember? Yeah. Remember that? The, yeah, that show. That yo I mama? used to watch it all the time. It was such a good show. It was the best show of all time. Um... <laughs> Uh, a verbal combat that emphasizes the competitive trading of fanciful insults. After all, the title All in the Family calls back the lovable TV bigot, Archie Bunker, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is true. I mean, you know, they, they're referencing a bigot and they constantly say bigoted words, but it's not a bigoted song, remember? <laughs> um, he goes on to write, The ugliness of All in the Family doesn't stem from overt homophobia. Let's take Davis at his word that he harbors no ill feelings towards gays. To be fair, he ended up becoming like a conservative libertarian, so... Might be some, might be some hatred to gay people. Um, instead, it embodies the ingrained, unthinking homophobic bias that runs strong in our culture. So, uh, that was the Wikipedia article. I mean, I'm sorry. This was uh, my genuine thoughts and research uh, that I did that I took hours for me to do. Um, yeah, that was right off the top of the dome. And mm-hmm. I, I think we all need to understand that reviewers in 1998 should stop using the word jive. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, uh, it's bad. Yeah. You can use it now, though. Yeah, you can use it now, though. Pitchfork is fucking... Every time a fucking... Uh, Pitchfork needs to use the word jive turkey at least once in every review. <laughs> every time a new Drake song drops, they're like, oh, this is a really dri- jive track that we're <laughs> bumping on the boombox this week. <laughs> like, dude, chill out. It's chill out. Man, mellow out! <laughs> All right, so... Any further thoughts to add before we go on to the vote? Um, I guess I would just, you know. What's up, everybody? It's Joey Fatone. And yes, I've had people call me all the time and say, hey, you should do Cameo. So guess what? I signed up to do Cameo. I'll go, obviously, more than happy to do shout outs and stuff to uh, anyone. Uh, $200 so, uh, to get Joey you- Fatone to give you a shout out wearing a Pickle Rick hat from, I'm going to assume, Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> okay, so just curious. Can you just look up JC Chazay or uh, Lance Bass? Uh, JC is not on cameo, um, but he does have a cameo in 
Long shot, not the long shots. Oh, oh uh, shit. I was like, wait, what? How the fuck did we miss that one? If that was true. Lance Bass does have a cameo. Okay. Oh, Joey. That's gotta hurt. <laughs> what? $200 for a Joey Fatone cameo? Well, your coworker is getting two fifty. Damn. Okay. So just just to be clear, and Lance, uh, Joey Fatone was in NSYNC, right? Yes. So to be fair, we could for four hundred and fifty dollars. Remember, four hundred fifty dollars. We can get two members of NSYNC to sing All in the Family. I think we should make this happen. Here's um, the good news um, for you, NSYNC. Fans. I don't think I feel like they they'll charge more for that. No, they won't. Actually, they'll charge the exact amount because uh, we're giving them money. Mm-hmm. And I, I have good uh, news for the uh, the lower income NSYNC fans. You can get a seventy dollar cameo from Justin Timberlake impersonator. Oh, oh okay, that's real. Look at this okay, guy. so uh, just to just to let y'all know, uh, we are. Uh, <laughs> he does look a lot he's like he's giving him. cameos as Justin Timberlake, and it's imagine paying seventy dollars to have a guy that looks like <laughs> Justin Timberlake send you a video <laughs> saying, "Hey, I'm not Justin Timberlake, but I just want to say happy birthday, Camry." <laughs> and okay, so just to be clear, uh, we're starting a Kickstarter to get four hundred fifty dollars. So we can get Lance Bass and uh, Joey Fatone to do a duet of All in the Family. Uh, yeah. So we're getting so starting with $450, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're going to post that up very soon. Mm-hmm. All right. But to be fair, uh, we've dragged this out long enough. Would you guys like to get to the vote? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's vote. All right. And I will do the countdown because uh, no, I'm doing the countdown, yeah, fuck Dave. You, Dave. Man, fuck you, Dave. Uh, so, yes. Uh, three... Two, one, bleed. Bleed. All in the family. Bleed. Bleed. (laughs) Fuck you guys. How does All in the Family not make it to the final round? It's the Fred Durst uh, uh, Magnum Opus. I know, but I'm sick of the homophobia. Like, I'm a giant homophobe. I'm just getting warmed up to it. (laughs) To be fair, I have internalized homophobia. But at the same time, like, goddamn, do I not? I don't want to listen to All in the Family ever again. I fucking hate that song. It's the worst song off of All the Leader and maybe the single worst corn song of all time. Not a a good song. I don't enjoy listening to it. It's only funny in how bad it is, and that starts the wear off over time. Oh yeah, and it, and it wears off frankly very quickly. <laughs> I, uh, After I, uh, two listens at max. I kind of worked uh, this this portion into my routine uh, in the morning where, you know, I make my oatmeal, uh, you know, <laughs> you listen put on my deodorant. Family. I'm putting on all in the family, baby. <laughs> now, that's how I start my day. Oh, all right. I have weaned myself off coffee. That's how you start your day, on the wrong you. foot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like on the right foot if you ask me. Um, but yeah, so... That's unfortunate. Bleed continues on to the final round of Fred Nash I really thought Taylor would have my back on that. I knew uh, Jess wouldn't. No, listen. This is a Soulfly fangirl. I, I, I can only handle ironic choices for so long. And to be fair, even my contrarian choices have a purpose. (laughs) And that one would have no purpose. Yeah, at this point. I I do find it interesting that Bleed, the very first thing we talked about on the entire Fred Durst Friday is going into the final round. And And uh, maybe might even win. first to last. And next week we're going to have Skrillex on (laughs) as our special guest. Well, to be fair, we are going to have a from first to last bracket where we will cover the album Heroin, which has Wes Borland on bass. Oh. Oh. Um, well, stay tuned 
for that. And uh, coming up next time, the other match in the semifinals is Woodstock '99 performance versus the Fanatic. That should yeah. really be the finals. That's the that's really that the should be finals. the real finals. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Especially uh, now that uh, this whatever song, just whatever song we just voted for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I already have a theory about who's going to win the finals. I have an idea. To be the fair, fanat- the fanatic. Is, I'm not going to finish uh, the sentence. We're not finishing it because we have to keep it. Have to keep it secret. But yes, uh, I think uh, I think we're all done for this episode. So there's yeah, going to be Taylor signing off here for Fred Durst. Friday. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.